Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates and ready to go. It may feel like a Friday. Thursday edition is here. With OutKick 360 across the OutKick network, 6th and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. PK back with us soon. Jam-packed show, and that's putting it lightly. Trey Wallace will join us today. Armando Salguero of OutKick.com, scheduled to be with us a bit later in the show. Plus, Josh Pate of 24-7 Sports, CBSSports.com. He will be with us, Pate State to start hour number three, and then in between, a lot of discussion about all the headlines. Michael McHenry will join us to discuss Aaron Judge hitting 61 last night on the road in Toronto for the New York Yankees, tying Roger Maris. Chad, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hutton. We are ready to go. It's funny the amount of people. I took a picture of you before the show. I don't mean to make that sound weird because you didn't know about it. But I yes. took a picture of you, you in the venue with the logos of 6th and Peabody, <laughs> and I said, Chutton goes live from 2 to 5 p.m. Central Time, live from 6th and Peabody, across okay. the Outkick Network. And I'm getting such a big response <laughs> to people that maybe are new to the show that don't understand the origin of Chutton. So Chutton, obviously, they see oh, it's a nice blending of the two names. Yes. With us being on air together without Paul today. We, we wish him well. Um, but... Chutton comes from a place of confusion because for years we would be out in public and someone would be talking to us as if they were talking to the other person. So I got, you know, a lot of credit for being on Titans radio over the years. And I wasn't people would come and say, chat or Jonathan, I love your work on a Titans radio. And I said, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I put a lot of hours into that. I'm glad that it's paying off. Hutton might have someone come up and say, I love your work on high school football on Friday nights. And he would say, I appreciate that. I, I do a lot of work with that. So instead of avoiding it, we've just leaned into it and oh, it embraced got to the a fact point. It got to a that point we've where now melded into just one human. Not even the assumption, the question of... Two they, will become they one. They would come up and there would be this questionable look on someone's face like, Chad, right? And it got to a point where I would say, yes. Yes. And yes. then I would answer any yes. question Every time, absolutely, yes. No, I mean, it, it's, it's a common occurrence where... <laughs> Uh, I, I would be at a Preds game here in Nashville, and I could hear someone yelling, Hutton, Hutton, Hutton. And finally, I know exactly what's going on. I turn around and just go and, you know, cheers a drink with them and say, hey, thanks for listening to the show, buddy. Appreciate it. It happens all the time, so we have an, our own nickname for it. It's Chutton. And that's what you're getting for the next three hours today with a collection of very special guests. Jam-packed today. Uh, so tonight, Thursday Night Football, Amazon Prime. Dolphins on the road against Cincinnati. The Bengals uniforms look great. The white helmets, uh, white and black attire. It, they will look awesome. Cincinnati should win this game. Tua Tagovailoa is going to start. Those are the reports from many across the league, including our own Armando Salguero. He, he tweeted out 
Tua is expected to play tonight on Thursday night. Again, many thought it was concussion protocol. It is a back issue that he suffered from. The NFLPA even agreed with the NFL and, and the protocols that were followed on Sunday. I trust them because of the, the independent neurologist that's involved with all of this. Tua's playing, but this is a Bengals team off of the Super Bowl run, Chad, where they should be now turning the corner on any struggles they've had. They have failed miserably in pass protection for Burrow. But it, we know how talented they are. We know what Burrow's capable of. They won last week, and the, the pass protection wasn't great, but Burrow found ways to make plays. Jamar Chase and Higgins. and other, I mean, they had uh, two receivers at 100 yards by halftime last year within the Bengals' offense. I think we see more of a Bengals attack than we do Dolphins hitting that stride to get to 4-0 in a short week. A travel week where there's been a lot of discussion about the hurricane and everything that's hit Florida. I think there's a lot of distractions on a travel week and a short week coming off of what was a massive game in the division against Buffalo. The Bengals at home should win this game. It feels like an intangible game. It almost feels uh, collegiate in a way that you got the specialty uniforms that everyone's talking about. It's a Thursday night football game. It is definitely a rally the troops game for Cincinnati. Yeah. Right now, at, at one and two on the season, at home against an undefeated Dolphins team, you feel like the Dolphins, who have been kind of the Cinderella darling so far early this season, are due for a fall at some point. Uh, I, I'm with you. I, I like Cincinnati in this game, but it doesn't help that they just still cannot protect Joe Burrow at all. I mean, that's something that can improve over the course of a season. If it improves marginally, I still think they have a chance to win this game. If it doesn't improve, I think Miami's going to win this game. So um, I I like Cincinnati, but I am very concerned about their offensive line. Let us go ahead and tell you what you're going to hear a lot tonight on the broadcast. This is a rematch of the epic LSU-Alabama matchup of 2019. 46-41 was the final score. Burrow over Tua. LSU over Alabama. Burrow in this game, Chad, in 2019, threw for 393 yards, three touchdowns. Tua threw for 418 yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. Um, And they're both playing with college-wide receivers from that game. Jalen Waddell in Miami, Jamar Chase, now with with Joe in in Cincinnati. This is going to be a fun game. I remember that game well, and uh, watching it, and uh, Ed Orgeron's reaction to that game afterward, and we're going to see another, it's not going to be the same, but there's going to be some similarities with the players in the field tonight, so should be a lot of fun with that, and you're right, we're going to hear about that throughout the broadcast. More previews of this coming up with Armando Salguero in, in hour number two, and one big thing on every NFL game happens today. Chad, Judge hit 61. I know you're relieved, because you thought if he gets out of Toronto without hitting 61. He's still sitting on it. Man, the pressure really Not, starts to pick up and maybe you start to see you know, the, the, the guy that crumbles under pressure. We didn't see that last night. Can I be honest? Go ahead. Uh, kind of wanted him to fail. <laughs> I, I, I hate to break that to everyone, but I'm not a Yankees guy. I didn't. I like Aaron Judge. I, He's I a love good the player. guy. Uh, I no like, matter who he plays for. I like history being made, but I, I was... Can I, can I, I was rooting for chaos because can I give you a suggestion? I was putting it out there. It was what eight days in between home runs on this one. Seven games. So seven games in eight days, and I'm thinking if this thing goes just another game or two, 
just I, – I was taking way too much joy in the amount of consternation of Yankees fans and how they would be feeling about that if it just got down to the wire that he had not hit 61. Uh, I'm Look, happy for the guy. I'm not upset that he hit 61, but part of me when he hit it was, man, that would have been fun, though, to watch the Yankee reaction as it ticked down in the season and he was in a, a home run, home runless drought at any point. But that was a rocket shot in Toronto last oh, night yeah. for, for 61. Here's the radio call last night of Judge hitting number 61. And the 3-2. Drill deep to left field. This could be it. See ya. He's done it. Number 61. He's been chasing history. And now he makes it. He and Roger Maris are tied with 61 home runs. The most anybody has ever hit in a single season in American League history. Michael Kay from the Yes Network there. Um, so Michael Kay said like, that was a difficult homer to call because you don't know, is this a liner off the wall or is this going to be over the fence when it leaves the bat? And to his credit, if you go back and listen to the way he called the moonshot, um, or was that on Apple? Was I, Am I thinking about Apple uh, TV? I think that was the... moonshot the, against the Red Sox yeah. where the camera guy zooms out and you think, oh, this is... No, I think it was him because I feel like it was an ESPN cut-in. Yes. Or it was on ESPN when I was watching I, the I, game. I thought he, he, he called that fair as well where he's... He he can see the center fielder setting up on the on the warning track. Um, I didn't think it was a bad call at all, and he was kind of giving himself grief over that. Uh, props to Judge. He he does that in a big moment, and you know steps out. He, he run, runs his his fingers through the dirt a bit, and he takes a deep breath on a full count, and then crushes the ball over the fence. So that was the TV call on Yes Network, yes. right? With uh, with Michael K. Yeah, I've I'm got, sure the radio call was much worse. I've got no objection to it. Yeah, the, the radio call would have been uh, <laughs> our, our guy that wears the full three-piece suit mm-hmm. to every game. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I have no issue with the call. It, it, was, it was a cool moment. The best uh, angle that I've seen of it was looking at the first baseline from Judge's back. There's a camera shot that's just on him, and then you get the, the, the flashes – but you also see the amount of Yankees fans in Toronto for that game. Yeah. And the all-rise moment when the ball leaves the bat and everyone stands up and you see all the Yankees jerseys in the crowd going nuts. It's a really cool camera angle for that home run. Shout out to, uh, to Matt Bushman, husband of Sarah Walsh. She's been keeping up with all the mentions that she can re- receive from this, uh, and I don't blame her. Friend of the show. Um, and it, he, he has the home run ball in his hand in the Toronto bullpen as the bullpen coach. And he's, he's staring at, he, he you know, gave it back to the team or whatever. But the jokes have been pouring in about what the, what the Bushman family kids have missed out on based on the payment of that baseball. Well, not just the Bushman family, but any family of anyone that was located in the left field seats. Did you see the guy that reached down with his glove and just barely missed it? Yeah. There's going to be a lot of... <laughs> that's a moment flashing before his eyes for the rest of that guy's <laughs> life that he could not come up with that ball. But I immediately thought, I wasn't thinking about, I mean, we love Sarah Walsh. Matt and Sarah are going to be fine financially. Fine, yeah, uh, They both have really good jobs. Sure. But I was thinking about, you know, Matt Bushman kind of robbed someone of that where think if he just threw it to a Blue Jays fan that's in left oh. field and just over his shoulder, here, bud, go ahead, go collect however you can. 
It's, it would have uh, been a great charity moment. I get it. I'm not criticizing Matt Bushman for doing that. That is the baseball guy thing to do yeah. and kind of the code of conduct. But I also couldn't help but think, boy, what an, what an opportunity for a great charitable moment to hand it to someone you see in a Blue Jays jersey that's up there to get paid off that home run ball. By the way, you can always interact with us on Twitter at Outkick360. Nathan tweets us and says, finally, it's over. Maybe they will stop interrupting football with this crap. Wow. I hate to break it to you, Nathan. It's not over. He still has to hit 62 to break Maris's record. So they're going to continue cutting in until that happens. The amount I of want them to. football fans that are angry over those cut-ins, it just makes me laugh. They're missing a, a four-yard run. And you're not even missing it. They're, they're cutting in, but they're giving you the split screen. Um, and that's what baseball's missing is the, the home run height. I don't and, understand. And, and like, what, what did baseball do to people that they get that irate over uh, 42nd um, at bat? It, it's not what on baseball. On a split screen in the Chad, game. it's not what baseball did to people. It's what football's done to people. Football is king. Baseball doesn't want to admit it. They failed to admit it for years. Football runs things, and it's you're a, seeing it's it a here. Pro, but it's a, I, I sense a pro football thing, but I, as much I sense a, how dare you? I, a lot of uh, writers I follow that cover college football, I forgot how boring baseball was until they forced me to watch it. And I'm thinking, for 45 seconds? Like, get, get over it. Yeah. It's fine. This is no, history. I, no, I don't disagree. And this is a split-screen well, thing. You and I it's are not the minority, though. And I, 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 I'm trying to, uh, to see both sides of this because I am in the vast minority. I'm a I'm a you know down the middle baseball fan. I, I want to be able to see the big moments. Those have been few and far between in the last decade to fifteen years. So you know I, I'm with the majority of the public that the, the the major league baseball is ignored. Their own commissioner I don't think is much of a baseball fan, quite frankly. And with with the whole Apple deal and not wanting to to cut in or give the broadcast of the Yes Network and allow Michael K to call the home. I'm glad Michael K had that moment last night. Let's just take, aside from Aaron Judge, Apple refused to allow the Yes Network to even replay or show the game, even in like a 10-second delay from the original call in the moment last week. So I'm, I'm glad it took this long for that reason, because uh, MLB should be mandating that from their, from uh, their staff in order to build a fan base that is that was growing up in an era over the last 15 to 20 years that where football dominated and baseball was an afterthought. Well, our YouTube chat right now is a cesspool over this. Uh, Kay in our YouTube chat That's, says, the game has been tarnished forever by pharmaceuticals. And the next response is the champ saying, we don't give a damn about Aaron Judge hitting a home run that doesn't well, even break a Major League Baseball record. Let, let's also be fair. Uh, all of the leagues are on pharmaceuticals. All right? Let's, let's just state that. The, the home run uh, chase with Sosa and McGuire, you can say, is tainted. And, and with Bonds, too, we're going to get into that with McHenry. And, by the way, with, with Kurt Schilling, who was on with Don't At Me with Dan Dockett. He'll, he'll, we'll hear from him a bit later in this hour. But the, the idea that you didn't watch the home run chase, and for the record, my favorite era is the steroid era. Bring me the long ball. And to, to not lean into that from Major League Baseball's perspective is foolish. Uh, you, can, you can bring back a lot of support and a lot of fans if you lean back into the home runs, uh, just like they do for the home run derby, instead of leaning into uh, spider tack, like they've done over the last two years. That's my only objection to what we've seen. I mean, I, I just don't, like, 
whatever. If you're just anti any type of drugs and you fail to open your eyes and acknowledge that, you know, doping is around every sport in some way and it's gone on for years and, you know, Mickey Mantle was taking uppers every single day when he was playing baseball also. Yeah. Roger Maris is one guy that if you study the history of Roger Maris, probably actually didn't take any supplement at all. Like he was probably the purest of guys when he was playing Major League Baseball. And so if you acknowledge that, let me finish this. Not if only, you, not only let, let me finish respect this. Respect it. I if, respect it. If you acknowledge that, you can't have this both ways because there are people that are pissed that, oh, well, all the pharmaceuticals ruined it. Well, here's a guy in Roger Maris that was not pharmaceutically aided, I think we can all comfortably say, that has a big-time record, right? And now Aaron Judge is there with him. So at least respect the Roger Maris part of this. Even if you think Aaron Judge is on something or you're, you know, I, I, I don't buy any of it. Whatever. I'm one of those that don't care. Like, I, I, I'm skeptical of every player at some point uh, that, that's off to a a wonderful start or picks something up in the middle of their career. Like, but that's, that's not me bashing any one player for breaking a record. That's just where we are. The technology is always going to be ahead of the testing. And if you don't realize that you're foolish, major league baseball owns the baseball company that creates the ball that they play the sport with. They're manufacturing their own game within the rules and confines of whatever they want it to be and not telling the fans or the hitters or the pitchers about it. So, I mean, who are we fooling here? Yeah, I, but I just keep going back to, look, I, I get it. You're, you're Mr. Football guy. I am too. You don't want baseball you know, infringing your ability to watch the Auburn-Missouri game last Saturday for 45 seconds. Okay, that's fine. Here's what I respect about this record. It stood since 1961. So with all the changes yeah. to the baseball, with all of the doping that's gone on back then – with different types of drugs, and then with the cream and the clear now, and anabolic steroid, everything that's gone on. That thing stood for 61 years until last night. More than that, right? No. Well, in the AL, you're saying. Yeah, six, 60, 61 years. But it's, it's, it's a big deal. I mean, something that lasts that long, through all the balls being juiced and different things going on with right. the game and everything else, it's a big deal. I mean, step aside and understand that regardless of what you think about it, it's a huge deal. And American League record, National League record, whatever. Maris 61 in 61 is something that if you are a follower of sports, you understand and you know the significance. So Aaron Judge meeting that Mm -hmm. is significant. And when he passes it, it will be significant. Hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. You're already joining Chad in the chat. You can do that throughout the show. Coming Chad's up, fired up today. Trey Wallace covers the SEC. We get into the big discussion topics going into the weekend. Alabama, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Tennessee over Florida last weekend, and much more. That's all straight ahead. First, though, Aurora Nutriscience, Outkick360, excited to partner with Aurora Nutriscience, they, they're a trusted partner with us that keeps us mentally sharp and healthy. Aurora delivers your supplements where you need them the most, your body. Vitalifescience.com is the website. It's where you can see more information. Our Outkick 360 season ticket holders receive a 15% discount with the code OUTKICK360. Again, at Vitalifescience.com. Aurora, unique, cutting-edge, nutritional and absorbable supplements. And 
They're encapsulated in liposomes that ensure greater absorption in the body's bloodstream. That means you're not going to waste it like a typical capsule or pill. I use the vitamin C, the vitamin D3, and the glutathione every day. There are many more vitamins and nutrients to choose from at vitalifescience.com. V-I-D-A lifescience.com for more info. 15% off with the code OUTKICK360 at vitalifescience.com. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. The calendar is turning to October. We're getting into the heart of conference play. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network, getting ready for the college football weekend. Trey Wallace joins us from Outkick.com, covering the SEC and more. Trey, hope you're doing well, man. We got SEC tonight with South Carolina, so, I mean, come on now. We're good. Are you, are you really going to watch that? Let's do a full 15-minute preview of South Carolina State and South Carolina. with Really Let's, throwing we, a curveball right off the bat. Let me go ahead and tell you, uh, there's no need to watch it. Tomorrow we could review South Carolina's win. Uh, l- let's just pretend it's tomorrow, Trey. Trey, what did you like about South Carolina against South Carolina State <laughs> last night? You know, I thought Spencer Rattler came out and handled the offense in the first yeah, half. I, I really agree. thought they established a running game, and, and this was a nice win to get back on track for, for Shane Beamer. So there you go. We'll, we'll see what happens next week. There you go. Uh, uh, South moving right along. Back I, to I their winning that. ways Perfect last recap. night. Yes, that's right. Uh, now back to Thursday's preview as we looked ahead to the weekend. Um, I, I know Chad's going to get to Kentucky and Ole Miss in a moment. Alabama, though, throughout the last year and a half or so, the games, for the most part, have been close. We, we saw this with LSU, and we saw it with Florida last year, and uh, that, that was on the, the front and back end of their regular season. Can Arkansas rebound off the loss, which we're surprised by here on set, to A&M, and keep this game close, a one-possession game fourth quarter, where we could see a Razorbacks team that pulls an upset over the Crimson Tide this week? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can, and I think we will. I, I think we're going to get a game in the fourth quarter. You look back to last week, my goodness. I mean, you're not going to see a play like that with Texas A&M returns a fumble 99 yards, and then Arkansas is lined up to, to pretty much win the game, in my opinion. They hit it off the top of the upright. I mean, that's just bad luck. Things just didn't go Arkansas's way last weekend against A&M. I think Alabama 
who still needs to prove a few things. We saw it against Texas. Now they have to go on the road, play KJ Jefferson, Rock Sanders out of the backfield. Like I, I think that's a, a one-two punch for the Razorbacks that can cause Alabama a little bit of trouble here. And 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 the biggest thing to me is is Alabama being able to handle KJ Jefferson, you know, outside the pocket. I think if he gets out there, I think if he can make plays with his legs, uh, and then find, you know, Hazelwood, somebody downfield to to break Bama secondary. I think this game could be close. And I look at it and 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 I don't see a reason why it can't. I mean, because we're basing it off Alabama's first road test, which was Texas, and we saw what Texas did. And now you look at it, they have to go to Arkansas. They're playing a they're playing a, a good quarterback in KJ. And they're playing a running back and Raheem Sanders, Rock Sanders, who can actually tone it. And, and so I do think this game is going to be close heading into the fourth quarter. So, Trey, it feels like after that unexpected test at Texas for Alabama that they're going to lose a game this regular season. If it's going to happen, it certainly feels like to me it's going to happen at Arkansas, in Knoxville, or maybe in Oxford when they go to Ole Miss uh, th- this year. Um, do you agree with that, that if we're trying to prognosticate, okay, is Bama going to slip up? I feel like it's going to happen in the next three weeks. If not, they're probably going to roll into Atlanta against Georgia undefeated. This is kind of how I feel right now. And don't hold me to this prediction until we get to game week. And, and Tennessee takes care of business in Baton Rouge and gets out of there with a win. But it feels like Alabama wins at Arkansas – goes on the road to Knoxville, crazy environment, potential top 10, just massacre of an atmosphere, drops that game, and then beats up on Ole Miss. So there's Alabama's one loss of the season that would come against Tennessee. I, I think I think Tennessee is a little bit more deadly, uh, obviously, on offense than, than Arkansas is. But I think Arkansas presents a different challenge uh, for for Alabama, KJ Jefferson's a different type of quarterback than Hendon Hooker is, and Arkansas, in my opinion, has the better rushing attack right now uh, because Tennessee's having to rely on you know a banged up Jabari Small, a Jalen Wright. But when you have somebody at Arkansas like Rock Sanders, to me that they have the better option. But overall, offensively, Chad, I I. I kind of agree with you. Like this three-week stretch, like Ole Miss doesn't stand out to me as a team that's going to beat Alabama, but Tennessee does, and Arkansas is going to give them, in my opinion, a run for their money. So I don't think it happens this weekend in Fayetteville, but I could definitely see it happening in Knoxville. Yeah, and it feels like the days of Tennessee being phased by the opponent on the other side is over. If they lose, they lose because they can't cover anybody in the secondary and they don't score enough points. But it's not going to be an intimidation factor uh, under Josh Heupel. I, I've had a lot of fun, no. and Trey, I've had a lot of fun reading you throughout the season um, with the SEC because it feels like every week there's these big statement-type games between teams. It always seems like it's a pivotal matchup. And this week, to me, it's Texas A&M at Mississippi State. Because if Mississippi yep. State wins at home, even with the loss at LSU, and they came in as a slight favor in that game and lost, no biggie, but they beat AM at home. It gives them that momentum to be that surprise team many thought they would be in the preseason in the SEC West. And on the flip side for AM, they go to Mississippi State and win. Not many people are remembering that App State loss as much with wins over Arkansas and on the road at Mississippi State in consecutive weeks. 
I I agree with you. I think that's the sleeper game of the weekend is, is Texas A&M Mississippi State putting in that 4.30 Eastern time slot. And look, this is a game. You know, I, I, I wrote a column that'll come out tomorrow uh, previewing, predicting these games. And I, I'll kind of go ahead and just tell you guys here today, I think Mississippi State beats Texas A&M on Saturday. I think Will Rogers sitting in that pocket, throwing that football around. Uh, to me, Texas A&M has not shown me enough with their defense, especially in the secondary, that they'd be able to keep up with Will Rogers if he gets hot. I mean, I know it's Bowling Green, but last weekend he threw six touchdowns. But what stood out to me the most was that he had over 54 attempts. So if they get out there and they try to sling that football around, how does Texas A&M try to keep up with it? With an offense, in my opinion, has no identity right now. We don't know what Texas A&M is going to do besides try to run the football. And I think that's key for Jimbo Fisher and how they're going to try to attack this game as well is let Max Johnson go out there and throw the football around. Like, I get it. You're going to try to slow it down a little bit and maybe run the football. But to me, it comes down to Max Johnson. I think this game is huge because for Mississippi State, let's not forget this either. Will Rogers and Mike Leach went into College Station last week, last year, and beat Texas A&M. And, and I feel like coming into this game, they've got a team that is trying to prove that, hey, that LSU loss, that wasn't us. That wasn't the type of offense we're trying to run. So, look, I, I know Mississippi State is technically a favorite in this game, but if we're really breaking it down, this is, should be something Texas a and win. That's why I'm calling it an upset this weekend in Starkville. Trey Wallace with us. Outkick.com is where you can read his SEC coverage. And you can follow him on Twitter at Trey Wallace underscore. We're going to get to our game of the week, at least for Chad and I, with Kentucky yeah. and Ole Miss in a, in a moment. Um, the upcoming stretch, though, for Auburn, LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss. How important is this week for Brian Harson? And I want to caveat this. I, I want to state, I don't think Brian Harson wants to be there either. Just quite frank. So I I think we know the inevitable that's going to happen here. But if it happens in season, how important is this week for him? Well, first of all, the reports that came out yesterday that he's already been told that he was fired, that came out from A.J. McCarron, that's absolutely false. I've talked to multiple people down at Auburn. Uh, he's not been told. I want to know AJ McCarron's source, by the way. Like, I, just because we we've uh, we met AJ McCarron last year in the football season. Great dude. He was at an, an yeah. event we were at. But I'm thinking, like, he talks to a lot of people, uh, so he's not saying that lightly. I think it's pretty obvious who he spoke with, Brian Harson. Yeah, I feel like he's talking to someone right. on that, even if you know, if it's not official, like there's not a letter that's been sent or an email. It's kind of a, well, I've talked to enough people to know that I'm gone either way, right? Yeah, the, the president hasn't gone up to Brian Harson and said, hey, man, you're gone at the season. So you just have to coach out the rest of the year. But has the, we'll has, the biggest booster, has the biggest booster gone to him and said that? Because, Trey, we all know it's not the president making the calls. The biggest at booster. It's the, it's the money behind the, biggest the president. The booster went to him in February, <laughs> not in September. Yeah, right. right. It's a yeah, turn yellow. <laughs> Right. Yellow, Yellowwood tried to get him out in February. <laughs> right. That thing was over with. Yeah, so, exactly. No, I, I look at this thing now, and I don't – look, he hasn't been told that, hey, you're not coming back. But I think, like we have all agreed, the writing is on the wall that he will not return as Auburn's head coach. Uh, if he was – look, if, if, if he was told, hey, you're not going to be back, I'd have been like, okay, all right, let me check right now. Let's go ahead and get this over with. 
Boise State's probably going to come open. It's in turmoil. I can go back home to Boise and coach them, and we can just call this a wrap right now. So, I, look, you asked about how important mm-hmm. these next couple weeks are. They're huge because you play LSU as an eight-point dog at home. Then you've got to play Georgia. And then the dreaded bye week comes. So if you lose to LSU Saturday night, let's just say they lose by 14 points at home to LSU. And then they take a 27-point beat down from Georgia the following weekend. I have a feeling Auburn is going to make the move in the bye week to start their coaching search. Um, they were going to. Now, I have it on really good sources. If he had dropped that game to Missouri and if that kicker would have made a 22-yard field goal, he would not have been the head coach Sunday afternoon. It was going to be a wrap. And if um, and if but, Nathaniel Pete doesn't drop the ball into the end zone uh, on top of that, I mean, Missouri picked the absolute one thing you could not do twice, and they did it to, to somehow lose that game. And I was so agitated, too, because I picked Missouri to win that game. So I was sitting in the Neyland Stadium press box, and it was just depressing that they dropped it. So, look, I, I just think overall Auburn's in a bad spot right now. Um, they are, to me, they are a team with absolutely no identity, a quarterback situation that looks like something that you would see in high school. Um, and, and, and overall, this is a program where too many people are putting their hands into the basket and running, wanting to run everything regarding this because they don't have an, a, a permanent athletic director. The Christopher Roberts, the president, is going to be the one to make this decision and look, if they have to cut a buyout check, they're going to cut a buyout check. Because if we're being honest with, with each other here, the Harson tenure probably should have ended last February when they decided to attack his family, attack him personally. It should have been like, okay, we'll write you a check. You go now. Sorry about all this mess. But, but now we're here, we sit, and every darn week, it's uh, Brian Harson is going to be the next head, you know, going to be the head coach next week. It's getting old. And I think Brian Kelly this weekend and LSU will put the first little knife in, and then Kirby Smart's going to finish it off down at Auburn. I half want Brian Harson every time he gets a hold of a microphone and media availability just to start talking up the state of Idaho. <laughs> just be like, hey, have you guys been in Boise in the fall? It's beautiful, gorgeous. <laughs> just to answer every question that way, to start giving the sales pitch to go back home to Boise. Um, Trey, by the way, by the way he, has, a, he has a podcast, Harson does. Every week, um, yeah. monitor that. One. I will. Uh, I will subscribe. Give, I will give it. I've already subscribed. I'll give nice. you guys uh, the the plug for it at the end of the uh, the chat here with Trey. Uh, yeah, we our our uh, audience needs to know about that one too for sure. There was a, there was a reason why his name was linked to the Arizona State job a week and a half two weeks ago by Pete Dammel. That just didn't happen. There's a reason why that he was linked to that job. So you know, we'll we'll Huddle. see. I. I Huddle with Horrors. Yeah. Huddle with Horrors is the name of it. And he's the host, not the guest. That's what makes it good. It's I, beautiful. I, I will be, I'll be listening from here on out until something happens. Uh, Ole Miss and Kentucky, Trey, I know you're going to write about this one. Uh, I think it's yeah. the best game of the weekend in the SEC. You want to talk about a separation-type game to have that argument to be the third-best team in the conference. The winner of this game can certainly make that argument right now. Hey, look, this is it. This, this is the game this weekend to me. And, and I know Arkansas, Alabama's going on. We got the other ones. But to me, the return of Chris Rodriguez to Kentucky, going to Oxford to play a team, a Lane Kiffin team, that all we have heard about in the last two weeks out of Oxford is how many students haven't shown up in the stands. I haven't heard about the football team. 
I haven't heard about what it's going to be like playing against Kentucky. All the stories have been, okay, well, there's nobody in the stands. The students aren't showing up. Look, Kentucky is a good football team. You add in Chris Rodriguez, now Ole Miss's defense has to deal with two guys out of the backfield that can cause multiple problems. So, you know, I, I look at this matchup and I think it could be some type of shootout. If Zach Evans, the running back, is good to go, uh, there were reports coming out that he suffered a hip pointer last weekend. But if he's good to go, this game to me at 11 o'clock central time could be the best game of the day. And, and, and I just feel like you put a nail on it, Chad, when you said this is a separation game. Because if Kentucky can go to Ole Miss and grab that win, my goodness, the rest of the month sets up pretty nice for them. And then it sets up a huge showdown, you know, with Tennessee to, to wrap up October. They've got Georgia in November. I'm, I'm not wanting to say they're some top five team in the country right now, but the addition, the return of Chris Rodriguez is going to make the Wildcats a hell of a lot better than they have been, and that should scare folks in Oxford. Trey, I'm taking the, uh, I'm taking the points in this, and I'm taking yeah. the under, because I, regardless of Chris Rodriguez, I trust Kentucky's defense. I don't trust Ole Miss's offense. I don't trust Kentucky's offense. I think it's right. a closer game. And I always, I mean, Vegas knows something that everyone doesn't know here. We, we get it. We say it. But Kentucky's already gone on the road and won in Gainesville. So to, I mean, and, this and, is a blue collar game. This is a blue collar yeah. in the trenches, beat yep. you up type of game. And, that, and, it, and it, that's it, been Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky, to me, I look up and down the top 10. I think this is the ugliest of the teams, maybe in the top 10 right now in terms of how they went, but they win. They're tough, and they find way. That game at Florida was miserable to watch for most of the game, a 26-16 win where it was all defense for Kentucky in that game, but they find ways. I, I just I, I feel like Saturday is going to be – it could potentially be you know, a, a Mark Stoops coming out party for the season and for Kentucky getting back on that road again to, I don't know, 10-2, something along those lines. I think they're going to drop a game, but, man – I like Kentucky right now, and the problem is, guys, I just, like you said, Jonathan, I don't trust the offense at Ole Miss right now outside of Zach Evans at running back, and that cannot be the only thing they rely on this weekend. Catch Trey at outkick.com. Uh, where are you headed this weekend? Anywhere? Yeah, we're, we're hoping, yeah. to get. we got Glenn going to, to Oxford um, and potentially getting Arkansas. We'll there see. There we go. So we – we got a big we got a big month ahead. We've got uh, we got you know Tennessee LSU next weekend A and M uh, Alabama, and then we're going to have the Crimson Tide coming to Knoxville yep. uh, in two and a half weeks. So a big month ahead coming up for uh, for coverage at Outkick. Trey, thank you as always, man. Great stuff, and uh, we'll we'll look forward to your coverage this weekend. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. All right, there's Trey Wallace, Outkick.com, at Trey Wallace underscore on social. Coming up, the college football discussion continues. Chad's got his top five college football storylines. We didn't hit them with Trey. We've, we've got the top five. You can read right now, Outkick.com. We're going to lay it out for you and discuss next on Outkick 360. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. We are streaming live at Outkick.com. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Outkick.com is where you need to go right now. I've got my weekly column up. Five college football storylines that I'm paying attention to this weekend, and I think you should be paying attention to as well. Hunter, are you ready? We'll get right into it. I'm ready. I've read this, and I am, I am ready to respond. Okay. Number one, which coach is next to get fired? We just talked about this in respect to Brian Harson at Auburn. He's right there on my list. I don't know that he's number one. Uh, if they get blown out by LSU, I think it happens, but... He may be tied with Carl Durrell, who has been a disaster at Colorado. 4-8 and eight in year one. Colorado is 0-4 right now. They have lost by a combined, or excuse me, by a, an average of 31.5 points per game for Colorado. They go to Arizona this weekend. Hutton, I had an ode to you in this. Go ahead. Arizona, 17.5 point favorite. I said, if they double the spread yes. and win by 35, <laughs> and Colorado doesn't even show a pulse... On the road in this game. So I think Colorado will join the ranks of the coachless come Sunday morning. My quick response on this David Shaw's on the hot seat. David Shaw is on, according to Vegas, like fourth or fifth. Well, you mentioned most this likely to be fired thinking, next. Seriously? Yeah, he's had a couple of bad years and they're not doing very well right now. They just lost EJ Smith, Emmett's son, who's their star running back for the season. I just don't think that... Can you imagine all, him on the mar- on the open market? Well, with all David Shaw has done for Stanford and at Stanford and stayed there when there were NFL overtures, yes. I don't think that administration is going to do anything midseason. If anything, they'll probably give him the respect of, hey, you can resign, right? At the end of the year, we're going to go in a different direction. Next head coach of the Carolina Panthers, David Shaw. So, number two, Hurricane Ian's impact. I don't think anything's changed on this list, but right now... South Florida, East Carolina moved from Tampa to Boca Raton. Florida, Eastern Washington will be played Sunday at noon Eastern. UCF, SMU, Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And we joked earlier about South Carolina, South Carolina State moved up to Thursday night. But that is a storyline to watch depending on weather in some of these games. There may not be lightning, but there, they could, there could be a deluge mm-hmm. of rain in some of these games which will affect so, the game. So Florida moved this game to Sunday early in the week. And the reason for this is Eastern Washington is, of course, traveling. Florida's paying for the travel. So they want to move it one time, and that's it. This is also a rescheduled game from the COVID year of 2020. So they want to get this done and off the books and move on with it instead of paying the buyout to not play it. So they moved it back a day, even though, for instance, the Buccaneers, they're playing the Chiefs at home in Tampa on Sunday night. The weather looks okay for the weekend right now, at least on uh, portions of Florida. Gainesville looks okay, but they're moving it to Sunday, and they did that early in the week just as a precaution. Yeah, so number three on the list, Kentucky or Ole Miss can secure third place in the SEC. Tennessee definitely has. They're in the bye week. They've got an argument for that spot also. But if Kentucky goes to Ole Miss and wins, they've got wins at Florida, right? at Ole Miss. They're 2-0 and in the SEC. That is a great start to the season. I feel like both Ole Miss and Kentucky can go from intermittent stretches of looking great to looking average to below throughout the season, especially Ole Miss. 
But, I mean, Kentucky's in a fight with Northern Illinois' backup quarterback at home last week. And I agree with you because the perception is both of these programs just won 10 games a year ago. Yeah. So the winner of this matchup will be the third best team, perception-wise, based on what they've done body of work to begin the season. Yeah, they're both undefeated, but they've both also been uneven this mm-hmm. year with their performance. Plenty of questions. Yes. Next on the list, Hutton, will the Jayhawk party continue? At least for another week. I hope so. So... I hope so. They host Iowa State. They're a slight underdog. It's going to be a great environment in Lawrence again. But after that, they've got TCU at home, at Oklahoma, ranked highly, at Baylor, ranked highly, Oklahoma State at home, ranked high, at Texas Tech, who just (laughs) beat Texas in Lubbock. Texas, who they beat last year on the road, they get in Lawrence and then at their rival Kansas State. So you're saying they're not playing Virginia, Duke, or Houston? I'm saying that it's still going to be a battle to get bowl eligible. They're 4-0, and they're going to have to fight and scrap to get to six wins this year. But still a great story for Kansas. And Jalen Daniels is a player to watch. Dynamic. They are third in America in offensive touchdowns scored at Kansas so far this year. Fun offense to watch. I could have guessed 130 of 131 teams and would not have picked Kansas for offense. Next one, Hutton. Clemson and Michigan. Are they on, on par with Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State as teams we should be talking about for the college football playoff. For the Michigan, playoff, yes. Michigan is at Iowa. For the 11 playoff, point yes. favorite, yes. Clemson is at um, Clemson is NC uh, State. At, at home against NC State. Big statement possibility games for both those teams. But I, I'm going to learn I'm more about NC State. I'm not putting them on par with that. This is about NC State, not Clemson. For yeah, me. it's more about if you are a college football playoff team, you go and win those games going away. Because well, I'm not, I'm not impressed with Iowa or I, NC State. You're right, you're right. Um, Iowa, though, Iowa's a weird dynamic. Because they're great on defense and awful on offense. Yes. And yet, I mean, and they're so good on defense that you, you're almost lulled into their style of game. They've won two games by scoring on defense. However. With defensive points, they've won the game. We did see the championship game a year ago, Michigan and Iowa. And that score was what in Indy? 40-3? to three. Not close. Yeah. Iowa's got to score at least 10. I, I feel can't. like at least one of these teams, though, Hutton, we're going to be coming back next week and saying, oh, boy, Michigan looks great, or Clemson looks like they're the class of the ACC and it's not even close. We're going to say that about one of which these Which would two. you bet? I'm going to bet on Michigan, Michigan destroying Iowa. Michigan. Oh, look at Chad coming to my side with the Wolfpack. Let's go. Let's go. Well, Clemson will win, but maybe not too big. Michael McHenry next. We'll discuss Aaron Judge at the plate.